in my former book, The Gospel According to Luke. I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day when he was taken up, after he had given instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. Now to them he presented himself alive after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the gift of the Father, which he said, you heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and Galilee and to the ends of the earth. And when he had said this, as they were looking on, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. And as they stood there gazing into heaven as he went, Behold, two men stood by them, dressed in white robes. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here gazing into heaven? This Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey. And they went up to the upper room where they were staying. Peter and James, John and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus and Simon the zealot and Judas the son of James. Now all these, with one accord, were devoting themselves to prayer, together with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus and his brothers. Now in those days, Peter stood up among the brothers. The company of men was in all about 120 and said, brothers, the scriptures had to be fulfilled as the Holy Spirit spoke beforehand through the mouth of our father David concerning Judas, who became a guide to those who arrested Jesus. For he was numbered among us and was allotted his share in this ministry. Now this man bought a field with the reward of his wickedness. And falling headlong, he burst open in the middle and all his bowels gushed out. And this became known to all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, so that the field was called in their own language, a keldama, that is, field of blood. For it is written in the Psalms, may his camp become desolate and let there be no one to dwell in it and let another take his office. So, one of the men who have accompanied us during all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John until the day when he was taken up from us, one of these men must become with us a witness to his resurrection. And they put forward two, Joseph called Barsabas and Matthias. And they prayed and said, you, Lord, who know the hearts of all, show which of these two you have chosen to take the place in this ministry and apostleship from which Judas turned aside to go to his own place. And they cast lots for them. And the lot fell on Matthias. And he was numbered with the 11 apostles. Now, when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. 
And suddenly there came a sound from heaven, like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And at this sound, the multitude came together. And they were amazed and bewildered, saying, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear, each of us in his own native language, Parthians and Medes and Elamites and residents from Mesopotamia and Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Persia, Egypt and Pamphylia and the parts of Libya belong to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians, we hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. And all were amazed, saying, What does this mean? But others, mocking, said, They are filled with new wine. (laughs) But Peter lifted up his voice and addressed them. Men of Judea, and all who dwell in Jerusalem, give ear to my words. For these men are not drunk, as you suppose, since it is only nine in the morning. But this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. And in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my male and female servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy. And I will show signs in the heavens above and wonders on the earth below. Blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood Before the day of the Lord comes, the great and magnificent day. And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with mighty signs and wonders that God did through him in your midst as you yourselves know, this Jesus delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. But God raised him up, loosing the pangs of death, for it was not possible for him to be held by it. For David says concerning him, I saw the Lord always before me, for he is at my right hand, that I might not be shaken. Therefore, my heart was glad and my tongue rejoiced. My flesh also will dwell in hope. For you will not abandon my soul to Hades, nor will, will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. You have made known to me the path of life. You will make me full of gladness in your presence. Brothers, I may say to you with confidence about the patriarch David, that he both died and was buried, and his tomb is with us to this day. See, being therefore a prophet, he foresaw and spoke about the resurrection of the Christ, that he was not abandoned to Hades, nor did his flesh see corruption. See, this Jesus God raised up, and of that, we all are witnesses. See, having therefore been exalted at the right hand of God, and having received from the Father the gift of the Holy Spirit, He has poured out this that you yourselves are seeing and hearing. Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ. This Jesus whom you crucified. Now when they heard this, 
They were cut to the heart. And they said to Peter and the rest of the disciples, brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promises for you and for your children and for all who are far off, for everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And with many other words, he bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, Save yourselves from this crooked generation. So those who received his words were baptized. And they were added that day about 3,000 souls. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul. And many miraculous signs and wonders were being done among the people by the hands of the apostles. And they had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to any as each had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God. And having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number. Day by day, those were being saved. Now, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a man was laid daily at the gate of the temple. They were carrying Uh, seeing Peter and John about to enter the temple, he asked to receive alms. And Peter directed his gaze at him, as did John. And he said to him, look at us. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said to him, I have no silver and gold. But what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and raised him up. And immediately his feet and ankles became strong. And leaping up, he stood and began to walk. And he entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. Now, when all the people saw him walking and praising God and recognized him as the one that gave a beautiful gate, asking to receive alms, they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. While he clung to Peter and John, all the people ran together to them in Solomon's colonnade. And when Peter saw it, he addressed them and said to them, Men of Israel, why do you wonder at this? And why do you stare at us as though by our own power or piety we have made him walk? The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of our fathers has glorified his servant Jesus, whom you delivered up, even though Pilate had decided to release him. But you killed the author of life, whom God raised from the dead, and his name, by faith in his name, has made this man strong, whom you see and know. And the faith that is through Jesus has given this man this perfect health and the presence of you all. And now, brothers, I know that you acted in ignorance, as did your rulers. But what God foretold through the mouth of his holy prophets long ago, he thus fulfilled. Repent, therefore, and turn again, that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that he may send the Christ appointed for you, Jesus, whom heaven must receive until the time for restoring all the things that God spoke through the mouth of his holy prophets long ago. For Moses said, 
The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brothers. You shall listen to him, and it shall be that every soul who does not listen to that prophet shall be destroyed from among the people. And all the prophets who have spoken from Samuel and those who came after him also proclaimed these days. See, you are the sons of the prophets and, and, the, and of the covenant that God swore with our father Abraham, saying, and in your offspring shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. See, God, having raised up his servant, sent him to you first to bless you by turning every one of you from your wickedness. And as they were speaking to the people, the priest and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them, greatly annoyed because they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. <laughs> and they put them in the prison until the next day, for it was already evening. But still, many of those who heard the word believed, and the number of the men grew to about 5,000. Now, the next day, their rulers and elders gathered together in Jerusalem with John and Caiaphas and Alexander and all who were of the high priestly family. And when they had set them in the midst, they, they inquired, <clears throat> by what power, by what name did you do this? Then Peter and John, filled with the Holy Spirit, said, Rulers of the people and elders, if we are being examined today concerning a good deed done to a crippled man, by what means this man has been healed, then let it be known to all of you and to all the inhabitants of Jerusalem that by the name of Jesus Christ, whom you killed, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing before you well. This Jesus is, is the stone that the builders rejected that has become the cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, ordinary men, they were astonished. And they recognized that they had been with Jesus but seeing the man healed standing next to them, they had nothing to say in opposition. Finally, when they had commanded them to leave the council, they conferred with one another. What shall we do with these men? For that a notable sign has been performed through them is evident to all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. But in order that it may spread no further among the people, let us warn them to speak no more to anyone in this name. So they called them and charged them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John said to them, Whether it's right in the sight of God to obey you rather than to God, you must judge, for we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. And when they had further threatened them, they let them go, <laughs> finding no way to punish them because of the people. For all were praising God for what had happened. For the man on whom this miraculous sign of healing had been performed was more than 40 years old. Then they left the presence of the council and told their friends what the chief priests and the elders had said to them. And when they heard it, they lifted their voices together in prayer and said, Sovereign Lord, who made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and everything in them, who said through the mouth of our Father, your servant by the Holy Spirit, why did the Gentiles rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against your holy servant Jesus. For truly, in this place that we're gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, together with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. And now, Father, look upon their threats 
And grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place which they were gathered together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. Now the full number of those who believed were of one heart and soul. And no one said that any of the things that belonged to him was his own, but they had everything in common. And with great power, the apostles were continuing to give their testimony to the resurrection of Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. There was not a needy person among them, for as many as were owners of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds and laid it at the apostles' feet. And it was distributed to each as any had need. Thus, Joseph, who was also called by the apostles Barnabas, a Levite, a native of Cyprus, sold a field that belonged to him and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. But a man named Ananias, together with his wife Sapphira, sold a piece of property, and with his wife's knowledge, he kept back for himself part of the proceeds and brought only some of it and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said to him, Ananias. Why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit? Why have you kept back some of the proceeds from the land? When it was unsold, was it not your own? And after it was sold, was it not at your disposal? You have not lied to men, but to God. Now when Ananias heard these words... He fell down and breathed his last. And great fear came upon all who heard of it. The young men rose, wrapped him up, carried him out, and buried him. After an interval of about three hours, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. And Peter said to her, tell me. Is this the price that you and Ananias got for the land? She answered him, Yes, that is the price. And Peter said to her, How is it that you've conspired together to test the spirit of the Lord? Behold, the feet of the men who have buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out. Immediately she fell down at his feet, and breathed her last. When the young men came in, they found her dead, and they carried her out and buried her beside her husband. And great fear came upon the whole church and upon all who heard of these things. Now, when the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint by the Hellenist arose against the Hebrews because their widows being neglected in the daily distribution. And so the 12 summoned the full number of the disciples and said, it is not right that we should give up serving, give up teaching the word of God to serve tables. Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good repute whom we will appoint to this duty, but we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And what they said pleased the whole gathering. 
And they chose Stephen, a man full of grace and of the Holy Spirit, and Philip and Prochorus and Nicanor and Timon and Parmenas and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch. These they set before the apostles, and they prayed and laid their hands on, him, on them. And the word of God continued to increase, and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. <laughs> and Stephen, full of faith and power, was doing great signs and wonders among the peoples, but then some of those who belonged to the synagogue of the freedmen, as it was called, and of Cyrenians and of those from Alexandria and Sicilia, rose up and disputed with Stephen. But they could not withstand the spirit and the wisdom with which he was speaking. So then they secretly instigated men who said, We have heard him speak blasphemous words against Moses and God. And they stirred up the people and the elders and the scribes, and they came upon him and seized him and brought him before the council. And then they set up false witnesses who said, uh, uh, we have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth will destroy this place and the customs that Moses gave to us. And all who sat in the council saw that his face was like the face of an angel. And the high priest said, are these things so? And Stephen said, Brothers and fathers, hear me. The God of glory appeared to our father Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia before he lived in Haran and said to him, go out from your land and from your kindred and go into the land that I will show you. So God removed him from there into Haran, and after his father died, God removed him from there into this land in which you are now living. Yet he gave him no inheritance in it, not even a foot's length, but he only promised to give it to him and to his uh, descendants after him, though he had no child. And he gave him the covenant of circumcision. And so Abraham became the father of Isaac and circumcised him on the eighth day, and Isaac the father of Jacob, and Jacob the father of the 12 patriarchs. And the patriarchs, Jealous of Joseph, sold him into Egypt. But God was with him and rescued him out of all his afflictions and gave him favor and wisdom before Pharaoh, king of Egypt, who made him ruler over all Egypt and over all his household. But as the time of the promise grew near, our forefathers multiplied in Egypt until there arose over Egypt a new king who did not know about Joseph. He dealt truly with our race and he forced our fathers to expose their infants so that they would not be kept alive. Now... At this time, Moses was born, and he was beautiful in God's sight. And after he was raised in his own household for three months, he was exposed, and Pharaoh's daughter took him and raised him up as her own child. Now, when it was, he was 40 years old, it came into his heart to visit his brothers, the children of Israel. And seeing one of them being wrong, he defended the oppressed man by striking down the Egyptians. He supposed that his brothers would realize that God was giving them salvation by his hand, but they did not understand. And on the following day, he appeared to them as they were quarreling and said, man, you are brothers. Why do you wrong each other? But the man who was wronging his brother thrust him aside saying, who made you a ruler and a judge over us? Are you thinking of killing me the way you killed the Egyptian? Well, at this retort, Moses fled and became an exile in the land of Midian, where he became the father of two sons. Now, when 40 years had passed, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in, in a flame of fire in a burning bush on Mount Sinai. And the Lord said, I've surely seen the misery of my people who are in Egypt, and I've come down to rescue them. 
So now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. This Moses, whom they rejected, saying, who made you a ruler and a judge over us? This man God sent as ruler and redeemer. This is the Moses performing signs and wonders in Egypt and at the Red Sea and in the wilderness for 40 years? This is the Moses who said to the people, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brothers, and you shall listen to him, and every soul who does not listen to him will be destroyed from the people? <laughs> you stiff-necked people, uncircumcised in heart and ears, you always resist the Holy Spirit. As your fathers did, so do you. Which of the prophets did not your forefathers persecute? And you killed those who announced the coming of the righteous one, whom you have now betrayed and murdered. You who received the laws delivered by angels and did not receive it. Well, when they heard this, they were enraged. And they gnashed their teeth at him. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven. And he saw the Son of God standing at the right hand of man. And he cried out with a loud voice, Behold, I see the heavens standing open and the Son of God standing at the right hand of man. But they stopped their ears and rushed together at him. They seized him, dragged him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their garments at the feet of a young man named Saul. And as they were stoning Stephen, he cried out, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And falling to his knees, he cried in a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. And Saul approved of his execution. And there arose on that day great persecution against the church in Jerusalem. And they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria and Galilee, except the apostles. Now those who were scattered went about preaching the word. <laughs> Philip went down to the city of Samaria and proclaimed to them the Christ. And the crowds with one accord paid attention to what Philip said when they heard him and saw the miraculous signs he was doing. For many who had unclean spirits were, were healed, and those who were, were blind or lame were healed. And so there was much joy in that city. <laughs> but... There was a man named Simon who had previously practiced magic in the city of Samaria and proclaimed himself to be someone great. See, they all paid attention to him, from the least to the greatest, saying, this man is the power of God who was called great. <laughs> and they paid attention to him because for a long time he'd amazed them with his magic. But when they saw the preaching of, of Philip and heard the preaching about the good news of Jesus Christ and the kingdom of God, they believed and were baptized. Even Simon himself believed, and seeing many great signs and miracles from Philip, continued and followed along with Philip. Now, when the brothers in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent to them Peter and John, who came down and laid, prayed and laid their hands on, him, on them, so that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For the Spirit had not yet fallen on any of them, but they had only been baptized in the name of Jesus. So Peter and John came down, and prayed and laid their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. Now when Simon saw that the Spirit was given through the laying on of the apostles' hands, he offered them money, saying, give me this power also, 
so that anyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter said to him, may your silver perish with you. You have neither part nor lot in this ministry because your heart is not right before God. Pray to the Lord that if possible, this wickedness may be forgiven you. For I can see that you are in the gall of bitterness and in the bond of iniquity. Then Simon said to them, well, pray to the Lord for me so that nothing of what you have said may happen to me. Now, when they had finished preaching the word of God at Samaria, they returned to Jerusalem, preaching the gospel to many of the villages of the Samaritans. But Saul was still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord. And he went to the chief priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues at Damascus, so that if he found any there belonging to the way, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Now, as he went on his way, he approached Damascus, and suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. And falling to his knees, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul. And he said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But rise and go into the city, and you will be told what you ought to do. Well, the men traveling with him stood speechless, hearing the voice, but seeing no one. So Saul rose from the ground, and although his eyes were open, he could see nothing. So they, they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And for many days, for three days, he was without sight and neither ate nor drank. Now, there was a disciple in Damascus named Ananias. The Lord appeared to him in a vision and said, Ananias, here I am, Lord, he answered. And the Lord said, rise and go to the street called Straight, enter the house of Judas and look for a man of Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. And he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him so that he might regain his sight. But Ananias answered, but Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much evil he has caused your saints in Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all those who call upon your name. But the Lord said to him, go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the peoples of Israel. For I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. So Ananias departed. And entering the house, he laid his hands on him. <laughs> Brother Saul, he said, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road by which you came, has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes, and he regained his sight. <laughs> then he rose and was baptized, and taking food and water, he was strengthened. And for many days he was with the disciples in Damascus. And then immediately he began to proclaim Jesus in the synagogues, saying, He is the Christ! And all who heard him were amazed, saying, Is this not he who wreaked havoc in Jerusalem of those who call upon this name? And has he not come here to bring them bound to Jerusalem? But Saul increased all the more in strength and confounded the Jews who lived in Damascus by proving that Jesus was the Christ. Now, after many days, the Jews there plotted to kill him. But their plot became known to Saul. 
So the brothers took him by night and lowered him down in a basket through an opening in the wall. Now, when he had come to Jerusalem, he attempted to join the disciples, but they did not believe that he was a disciple. <laughs> so finally, Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles and told them how on the road Jesus had spoken to him and how he preached boldly in the name of Jesus at Damascus. So he, Paul, went in and out among them in Jerusalem. And he spoke and disputed against the Hellenists, but they were seeking to kill him. And when the brothers learned of this, they sent him off to Tarsus. They sent him down to Caesarea and off to Tarsus. And so the church throughout all Judea, Samaria, and Galilee had peace and was being built up and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit. It multiplied. Amen. Next month, it'll be 20 years I've been sharing God's word this way. I started with Revelation. Um, I got saved in Hollywood. Uh, a friend of mine brought me to John MacArthur's church. He baptized me New Year's Eve, 1987. I said, okay, God, what do you want me to do? He said, here's your script. I took about two years memorizing the book of Revelation, and I started sharing that, and God kept putting put more scripture on my, my heart to memorize, and I started just sharing his word. Did it part-time for about three and a half years. Moved to New Jersey to work with a fellow named Max McLean. And uh, worked with his ministry for about another three and a half years. And uh, then moved down to Orlando. The Holy Land experience is what he was talking about. I uh, got to start that with some great folks. And uh, got to share more of God's word. And keep, keep traveling around the country. I've been all over the world sharing God's word. Just because I said, okay, what do you want me to do? It's kind of dangerous. <laughs> uh, but I'm so grateful to be back here. Um, one of the things I was telling Pastor Kevin is that I think it's been 12 years since I've been here. Um, but um, I'm watching, especially the last two or three years, I've been invited to go to a lot of different types of churches, different denominations that we wouldn't normally think uh, of as particularly Berean or, or studious of the scriptures. Um, because what is happening across all the country, um, every denomination is, is dealing with this. People are having to decide whether they really believe the Bible or not. And if you're in a church that hasn't been studying the Bible, you realize now the questions are a little tougher. The persecution is a little warmer. You've got to decide, do I really believe this or don't I? And so people have started studying and digging in. They've decided to cling to God's words and promises. They, or they decide to shy away from God's words and promises. And there are really only two types of churches in America right now. You're either in a place where your church has a high view of God's word and the scriptures, and invariably you'll teach and preach and you won't shy away from it. You're not ashamed of it. In that church, Jesus is always the hero. Or you're in a place, a church that has a low view of God's scripture. You pick and choose what you teach from the Bible. There's a famous pastor, I won't even use his name, but he just uh, recently said last month, uh, just said, you know, he thinks that the church should unhitch itself from the Old Testament. 
That's, that's a pretty big statement from a pastor of a very, very popular, very large church. But that's what's happening across Christianity. People are deciding we believe God or we don't. And so you're in a great place. If you're in a place that uh, maybe you're visiting here and you're here and your church doesn't preach all of God's word, there are parts it's ashamed of. There are parts it wants to say, hey, come on in and you decide what that means. Uh, There's no truth. It's just your truth versus my truth, whatever. Um, You're in a church that is not clinging to God's promises. It's picking and choosing. Maybe you should be here. it's become much more special to me as I'm able to share God's word because I see the window closing. We're not in China, but we are in a country now that the window was much more open for sharing and evangelizing, and it's closing now. And I tell can we get death threats on Facebook and Twitter. I have to be very careful what I post uh, because that's just the environment we're in right now. So it's a great time to be holding God's word high God's story for his glory uh, because it is the remedy. We have the scriptures. They're the remedy for everything we see that's wrong in our world. The scriptures, God using his Holy Spirit to transform hearts and minds through his word. That's the process he's chosen. So it's not time to be ashamed of those. So thank you for having me and supporting me. There's some ministry brochures out there on the table. Um, thank you, because it's churches like you that have allowed me to be able to share God's word. And God has a promise with his word that it will not return void. And coming out of Hollywood, that was my biggest concern. I thought, what if I'm just saying your words and, and people are sitting there and being entertained and they just walk off like they didn't hear anything? That'd be terrible. And I began to seek the Lord about that, and he led me to an organization called Food for the Hungry. And he said, why don't you share their needs everywhere you go? Our ministry is called Acts of the Word because we exist to inspire believers to do what God says. You know, there's a, Barna did a survey about, I think 2013, 12. At that time, 51% of people who called themselves evangelical Christians did not know what the Great Commission was. Think about that. Jesus' command to us, his church, to go and make disciples of all nations, to go share the gospel. Half of people who said they're following Jesus didn't know the main directive. Stunning. But it brings a question, how many disciples do you have? Yeah. It's a a tough question. But that's what we have the opportunity to do. You may not have the opportunities that you would like to share to somebody who's sitting next to you at work because they won't listen to you. Or your workplace won't allow it. Maybe you have a relative that won't listen to you. But there are people around the world that would eagerly listen to everything you told them and read everything you wrote them. And those are the poorest people on the planet. And most of those are served all around the world through Food for the Hungry. So if you're looking for another disciple... Look back there on their table there. Uh, have some resources back there. But pick up one of those children. There's boys on one side, girls on the other side. What Food for the Hungry does is go into the poorest villages on the planet and produce the next generation of the church. They gather the kids together, and they have a discipleship program for children that's so powerful it's being duplicated 
uh, all around the world with other nonprofit organizations, missionary organizations. But their goal is to make the village self-sufficient. Usually four to five years on the low end, eight to nine years on the high end is what it takes them. So they teach them to uh, stop the spread of disease, make sure they have clean water, uh, teach them how to farm for themselves and raise livestock for themselves and share the gospel and teach the next generation the church. So when they leave, they've equipped those people to care for themselves, but more importantly, they've given them salvation and shared the gospel. So uh, it's an amazing organization. We have a child sponsored for every person in our family. I've been overseas three times to visit three of our five kids. Um, and every time I'm over there, uh, I'm always, I've been to Africa, the Philippines, um, uh, and uh, Dominican Republic. And I'm always struck by the night and day difference of a child who's sponsored versus one who lives right next door that's just not. They have major medical, they have clean water, they have education, they can go to school, they have food, they have a future, and they have the gospel, and right next door is someone who does not have all of those things. So uh, pick up one of the, uh, there's a, their picture folders, pick one up, don't walk off with it, there's a form in the back. Open it up, fill that form out, and there's an envelope. Put it in the envelope and hand it to whoever's at the table. You can take the picture, the rest of it home. It'll take about two weeks. They'll start corresponding back and forth with you. And remember, it's $38 a month. You can do it for as long or as short as you like. But for these families, $38 is more than most of them see in a whole month, all of them working. So it completely changes their future in their life. Um, so thank you in advance for helping them and giving me the opportunity to be a voice for them. It's a privilege. So that's what we do. Our, our ministry acts of the word. We raise $8 for other ministries for every dollar we raise for our ministry. And when I started out, I said, God, if I could just raise a dollar for someone else every time we raise a dollar to operate our ministry. But God has blessed us continually. And every year we're able to increase that amount and be a blessing. And I think that's just God wanting to bless his church and wanting to do his work. And we have uh, about a half a dozen people uh, on our staff, some of them full-time, a lot of them just giving to make everything happen. So everybody, we're all in. So, and we're all in to really lift up God's word. And that's what, that's what every church I'm going to, that's why it's so satisfying. You're here because you believe God. You believe him. And you put your trust in his word. I can tell you, that's the only place our trust should be. God is going to do what he said he's going to do. We may not understand everything, but guess what? He's got a great track record of doing what he said he was going to do. And uh, I, can't, I cannot encourage you enough to look into scripture and maybe take this opportunity to make a commitment to memorize scripture and memorize the promises God's fulfilled because that's going to build your faith. You know, the difference between us, when we come to know the Lord, we hear the gospel, it sounds strange. Is that really true? We start reading the scriptures and we see, oh, here it is there, here it is there. God's written this down several times. Well, maybe it is true. And then we find out, we discover things God's done that he promised. And we start to see God's character and we see he's faithful and we can put our trust in him. He's dependable. And so that's what I want to do. I Hopefully this inspires you to do the things that build your faith and confidence in God's word. So that when the winds blow, which I believe they will, I don't think we're gonna, it's gonna be easier to be a believer. I don't believe that. I think we're in a, we're in a, a season 
where uh, God has allowed the church to be persecuted. Uh, and we're just seeing a little of that. The people are, believers are being persecuted more all around the world than they ever have been. Uh, we've had a great period of grace, but I think we're going into a period where it's going to be more difficult. And I, we, we just, I just, my prayer every day is that the church, my family, my friends, be rooted and grounded in God's word. So when that starts to happen, we won't be those who shrink back and are ashamed or fall away. So let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word and how precious it is to us and how much we can depend on everything that you've told us and given us. And thank you, thank you just for the precious gift of salvation and just for the perfection of your son and what he's given to us that we can't obtain on our own. We just praise you for that. I pray that anyone here who does, has not received that precious gift from Jesus, the precious gift of Jesus, who does not know who you are, Lord, I pray that you would touch their hearts and minds, come into their life and transform them today, Lord. Yes, Lord. Lord, I just pray that your will, your kingdom come, your, all of your purposes, everything you've designed for your word in this moment be brought to fruition. Yes. For your glory. In Jesus' name we pray.